Welcome to Glory Days. Uh, a tribute to a time when rock stars roam the earth. I am Jumpin' Jack Chad, your host. And we start each episode with a beer and a bad attitude. So here's the beer. Been sitting in my freezer for an hour or two. Let's see how cold it is. Well, that's a tasty beverage right there. A little DC brow. We have a bunch of people here in the studio. To my front. They're all to my front. My co-host. The guitar player for DC Flow, everybody. It's Mike. Mike, say hello. Hello, everybody. Two mics left. It's Marsha Lopez. Yell hi, Marsha. She's shy. She's microphone shy. Hi. Hey, what is that middle name? What, what is that? Is that like Scandinavian? Or? It's uh, Scandinavian. Okay. And we have Maria Lagasi Lopez. Say hi, Mar. Uh, who are we going to call you today? Laura? Hi, Laura. I tried to sing this song in my car yesterday, and I could not come fucking close to hitting the notes. Really? So, dude, credit to you. All right. So this is... Uh, this is not... This is not Bon Jovi. This is John Bon Jovi, the solo artist. Do you think Richie Sambor got pissed when he made the song? I was thinking about that when, when I heard it in the car. Well, this... Yeah. Mike, this, that's a good question because that's where this is going. Whose solo career do you think went better? John Bon Jovi's or Richie Shambora? Well, uh, I can't say I'm a fan of like the middle-aged white guy blues records, which I think that's what was Richie Sambora's record was like a blues record, which is really boring. Uh, which I didn't. Even, I've never even bothered to listen to. So to Richie basically, my opinion has nothing to do with anything. But I, you know, I bet it sucked. It, dude, let's be honest. It sucked, right? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to hear some of it? Uh, yeah, why not? All right, no, not too much though. Here's Richie Sambora. Every road leads the, a fake New Jersey cowboy. A lot of cowboys in New to Jersey. You. It so, sucks. What? What the fuck? Richie Sambora is in Coldplay. This totally sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go for a more modern sound. Dude, this isn't fucking Richie Sambora. It's Richie Sambora, dude. This must be a fairly new record, then. I mean, what's the la- when's the last time I lied to you about anything? Did this record come out in the last five years? Don't make me look. It doesn't matter. It does, because he had a blues record that sucked back in, like, in the 80s. All right. The album is called Aftermath of the Lowdown. <laughs> That's dumb. All right, here's another one. Richie Sambora, solo project. This one's called In It For Love, the album Undiscovered Soul. Oh, God. So pretentious. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. More than words. Remember when I told you about the microphone? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'll take it out of my butt now. Yeah, thank you. All right, so the discussion was 
we were going to say that John Bon Jovi's solo career was far superior to Richie Sambora's solo career. And then upon further research, uh, what's your name? Yeah. Marsha. Marsha and I determined that both their solo careers sucked. Together, they, I mean, but together, right, together, the argument was they're amazing. So then, you know, you get with together, you get stuff like this. Lay your hands on me. The album is New Jersey. But I don't know if you know this. Have you searched, like, Bon Jovi songs? Like, I don't know if in your spare time, do you go to, like... The Bon Jovi playlist and no, I don't. Uh, I don't know Bon Jovi when they came out. I just thought they were real cheesy, so I never really followed them. But uh, I mean, they're known for like songs like you know, "You Give Love a Bad Name." Like did I just, did I just mumble that? Like I can't take this song. This yeah. one. I like "Dead or Alive." That's a great song. All right, so we're saying like you know together there there's this Bon Jovi the band is so much better than any of their solo stuff, but like these are just some a few hits. They and then there's this. It's terrible. That sounds kind of like Bruce. Maybe it's the New Jersey thing, right? Or even maybe a little Wildflowers. And then have you ever heard a song called? We, I'll be there for, I'll be there for you. How about we weren't born to follow? It's terrible. This is off their greatest hits album, by the way. And then no apologies. This is on Bon Jovi's greatest hits. Yeah. So basically, we're saying Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora, separately and together, they both. Like in every, they just suck. Well, dude, Guns N' Roses. If it was high school, Guns N' Roses would be like the fucking rebel smoking cigarettes in the parking lot, and Bon Jovi would be like the like jock who thinks that he's edgy and likes music. But when it comes down to it, the guy smoking cigarettes outside is gonna beat the shit out of the fucking Bon Jovi. Yeah, this is not that good. I mean, that's an understatement. So you have some news about something. Who, me? Guns N' Roses related. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have a new segment where I talk about the uh, reunion that's going to happen. And I give it? you the latest update. Now, this next segment is called Mike Talks About Guns N' Roses. It's a really original segment. It's about uh, my co-host Mike talking about Guns N' Roses. It's almost a better title than uh, what was the Richie Sambora solo record title? My Vagina Hurts. Yeah. It's almost better than that title. Yeah. It is filled with sand. So what's the news you had there, Mike? What do we got? So Steven Adler was recently interviewed, the former drummer of Guns N' Roses, who got kicked out of Guns N' Roses for doing too many drugs, which is, uh, that, you know, fucking, that takes a lot of work. You know, credit to him. So, wait. Steven Adler got kicked out of Guns N' Roses for doing too many drugs? Yeah. I mean, that's like getting kicked out of, uh, I don't know, what's, what's an analogy? Okay. It's like getting kicked out of the Indianapolis 500 circuit because you drive too fast. Exactly. Thank you. It's, it's like, like getting kicked out of the 80s because you played too much guitar. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to kick you out of the 80s because you played too many guitar solos, sir. 
It's like getting kicked out of an orgy because your dick's too big. Uh, just, I don't know. Sorry. That sucked. I apologize to everybody here for that. Yes. I don't know. It, was, um, it was absurd. So S- Steven Adler uh, was interviewed about the reunion, and he said, number one, I'm going to be the last guy they're going to tell if there's a reunion because they're going to think I'm going to get too excited and start doing dr- drugs again. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably true, dude. So, And he said, Duff, Duff doesn't like him. And he said, Duff doesn't think I'm cool. And I went on tour with him, with my other band, Adler, and I, I fell out, totally fell off the wagon, and I was getting drunk at the airport, and Duff was really pissed at me. And that was about a year and a half ago. And he said, I don't think Slash or Duff think that I'm sober anymore, but I've been sober for a year. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the reunion. We'll see if uh, Steven's included or not. I like. I hope they include him, because I, I actually like his drumming better than Matt Sorum, who's more of a robot. So let me get this straight. Steve Adler. Who's well in his 40s. Stephen Popcorn Adler. He's well in his 40s now. He's been sober for a year since the release of Appetite for Destruction <laughs> yeah. in 1986. In the last fucking 30 years, he's been sober <laughs> for a year. And, and, like, and even that's questionable. So now Stephen's like, Gump doesn't like me. He's like, he thinks I'm sober. I've been like sober for like a year now. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so Stephen Adler's and, not in. And it's actually, be, he, he sounds like you just did because he had a stroke because he overdosed on like drugs like a decade ago and he had strokes so like he, his speech is all slurred so, so he had a drug stroke yeah he did strokes no joke strokes no you can't joke about stroke people no. don't like when you joke about stroke no when you can't joke about strokes that's weird because you can joke about cancer because everybody in the world has somebody close to them die from cancer yeah so it's like you joke about cancer like, yeah my, my grandmother died of cancer your mom died of cancer your sister died of cancer so sure. we all have somebody that died of cancer so you can joke about cancer but for some reason, stroke is like, oh, you can't joke about stroke. Yeah, wh- where do we draw the line? With t- uh, it's weird. Making fun I mean, of diseases. It's like, oh, the can- I mean, my, my best friend, Matthew, we can joke about his dead mother and how we use her ashes for, like, masturbating oil. <laughs> but we can't joke about stroke. Yeah. We actually joked that uh, we were uh, drying up our moist canals with the ashes of his mother. And that was funny for some reason, but you joke about a stroke? Yo, you, you just took it too far there, Chad. Yeah, th- th- it's no joke. It's no joke, stroke. Um, the one disease, I don't know, it's kind of on the fence. It's Lou Gehrig's disease. Can you make fun of that? Kind of. I mean, I mean it's named after a fucking baseball player. That's kind of interesting. Baseball's a joke. I mean, it depends who you ask, ask Chad. But, um, ask me. Is, 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 is baseball a joke? Totally joke. It's stupid. So where's this segment going? This segment has no direction. <laughs> I hope you know this. Kind of like Stephen Adler's life. It was dedicated to Stephen I did want to say, as long as we're talking about Lou Gehrig's disease, there's a guitar player from the 80s named Jason Becker who was like super shredder. He was on like Trap No record label, and he was like an up-and-coming shredder superstar who became, who was hired as David Lee Roth, your favorite singer's guitar player after Steve Vai left. He made one, I think, one record with uh, David Lee Roth, and then he came down with Lou Gehrig's disease. That's fucked and up. And he's still alive somehow, but he can't move anything except like his eyes. He can move his eyes. I find so this hard. I find this hard to believe. A way of communicating through him moving his eyes, and he like still composes music with with like his dad. That's it's un- really crazy. It's unbelievable. It, it sounds really crazy, Mike. Yes, it is very touching. I'll make you famous. All right. 
Welcome to the segment Moods. Today's mood is disgruntled worker. So when you're pissed off at your boss, what's the first song that comes to your head? The natural selection be Rage Against the Machine, something like that. The fuck the system. Fuck Big Brother. Dude, this just makes me want to dance. It doesn't make me, like, say, fuck this job. Just saying. Yeah, maybe something. when you do quit your job, you can uh, dance. You know, maybe some people do that. What, do you have a song in mind? Well, the song I would, uh, the first song that came to my head is a Ghetto Boy song called Fuck Em. Literally, this is a song that's playing as I quit. I don't know if this fits into the theme, Mike. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I if I was gonna, you know, be disgruntled at work, this is my this is my theme song. That's all I'm saying. Famous anti. I'm saying I'm taking all the office supplies while the song's playing underneath my uh, arm, and I'm fucking taking the Keurig coffee machine. I think you you're starting a new job, aren't you? Say it again. You're starting a new job, aren't you? Yeah, I'm starting a new job uh, next week. Not next weekend, two weeks. So that should be interesting. And, Are you excited? Uh, uh, I don't know. Does anybody get excited for working in general? I don't know. It's a, it's a new job. I'm sure it'll... Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I hope I'm walking into a, a good situation. I, certainly everybody's it's a, bit of, nice. it's a bit of a raise. You can be able to afford some nice microphones for the podcast. I appreciate oh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're definitely... I'm going to pay for all of us to go on a fucking vacation on a cruise. And we'll have like live, uh, you know, from the Love, love Boat uh, you know, podcast episodes. Do they have any heavy metal cruises? They do. They do. They have Motorhead has a cruise. Kiss has a cruise. Def Leppard has a cruise. Really? There's like one cruise that has a whole bunch of metal bands on it. There's a cruise? Well, can you yeah, search that I'm, as I'm a fact checker? Yeah, I'm going to find it. Chad, if you could do any... Oh, is this your song? For if you quit your job? No. So this is the song you listen to when you masturbate. No, I don't listen to this song, but I know it may be on some people's mind is uh, a song they would pick. Working, you know. Well, it's an obvious choice. It was an obvious choice like 30 years ago. Now, if you ask somebody who's like a millennial, what song would you choose? They probably wouldn't even know that song. They'd probably have some fucking Skrillex, Skrillex song. They'd be like, yeah, man. Fucking Skrillex. That's unfortunate. Some dubstep song. That's the song I would choose. Now, if I were to pick or a Fall song. Fall Out Boy or something, I don't know. If I were to pick a song, it would be this one right here, Mike. You excited? Yes. Okay, good. Oh, there's my microphone stands. Wobbly. You know, when you Is feel... this sailing away, Sticks? No, Mike. Sometimes you feel a little unappreciated. And... The only way to let somebody... Uh-huh. Nice. The only way is for somebody to really appreciate you, Mike. The only way to sometimes to be really appreciated is to leave. And once you leave, the people that you left will realize what it is you had, you contributed. 
I don't, I don't know if Taco Bell's going to miss you that much, dude. You know, the way I made a taco, I made it with love and affection. I made love to each and every taco that I made. Wow, that's, that's pretty deep. Right, so uh, what I'm saying is sometimes you, even, you don't even know it is you contributed until you leave. So what do you think made your tacos the best of everybody that's ever worked at Taco Bell? Well, because, you know, the people that came through the taco joint that I worked at, you know, they were regulars. And I just, you know, you get to know these people day in, day out. And you, you know what kind of taco they wanted. And you get to know their tastes. So over time, you're able to customize each taco, just maybe above and beyond your job to make that taco just perfect for that, for that customer, you know, because they're loyal customers and you enjoyed your, your position. You enjoyed your job. You enjoyed making it that much better for each and every 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 customer that I mean, comes through the door. I do know that you're legendary for upselling to uh, you know your uh, loyal customers. So like, you know, the, the typical Chad move would be making somebody a customized taco, but then saying, "Hey, I'm gonna throw in some uh, nachos for another dollar." What say you, right? We have some new information. Uh oh. Could you get that to Mike? Our library department here at Chadcast headquarters has done some serious research, and apparently there is a new cruise that has come out. It is called, uh, how many zeros are there? 700,000 tons of metal. The world's biggest heavy metal cruise. Why did they choose 700,000 tons? Maybe the boat's actually seven. What are some of the yeah. artists on this cruise? So it's factually accurate. Uh, it's f- going from Miami to uh, Falmouth, Jamaica. Uh, the bands, what bands are on here? That's everybody wants to know. Um, let's see 60 bands 4 days 1 cruise ship 3,000 tickets and 700,000 tons of metal the original the world's biggest heavy metal cruise that's how 2016 much the, that's how much the boat weighs yes hold on let's figure out what bands are on here they, they're like not mentioning any of the bands and that's kind of weird um, we're gonna have to go back to the research department. They gotta figure out what bands are in here. Because with my new, jo- oh, here they are. All right, we got. Uh, Let me guess, Helix. No, it doesn't even say. You think that would be like a pretty important selling point? Like, I just like the genre. I'm just gonna take my chances and go on this cruise. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna spend two thousand dollars. It's like it's the heavy metal cruise, and it's like seven thousand sure, pounds. Of I'm sure they pick some great bands. Seven thousand pounds of metal. How many pounds of metal is there? 700,000 pounds of metal. That's a lot of pounds bro. of metal. How many pounds of metal do you think there are in this room right now? In my pants alone, I have like 10,000 pounds of metal. Doesn't sound, that doesn't sound accurate. All right. Maybe it's like, th- maybe it's like a couple like, ounces. Maybe like half a pound. Like maybe like a quarter pound like of metal. A quarter pound. Yeah. We have lots of snacks. This podcast is, is, is fueled by marijuana and cheese. Cheese. Yeah. The cheese is maybe Logie. Is that a word? Logie? Lo, lo, are you talking about Loki from uh, Thor? Yeah. You know him? 
Yeah, I know, dude. He was here last week in the podcast. Dude, that right. guy was in a fucking killer band back in the 80s. Um, they were called uh, Valhalla. Really? And he, he played a sick fucking double-necked Kramer guitar. Is that real? No. But it totally should be real, because Loki looks like a rock star. All right, everybody. Welcome to Shout Outs on Glory Days, Episode 7. Here's my shout out. I'm going to play a song by a band called Steel Dragon. This uh, comes from one of my favorite movies called Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg? I like Wahlberg better. <laughs> Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. All the makers of Marlboro. Uh, this is uh, probably the best movie about the 80s hairband genre ever made. I know you'll argue Spinal Tap, but in my opinion, it's right here, man. Steel Dragon. Chad, do you call your penis a Steel Dragon? Is that your nickname for your penis? It is. It is. It's, it's worse than that. <laughs> uh oh, I had to. Too much information. Yes. I'm shouting this song out to me. The shout out is to me, Jumpin' Jack Chad. Stand up and shout. Dedication to me from me. I bet that's Zach Wild playing guitar. Zach Wild. He's a guy in the movie and he's a famous guitar player and he plays crazy pinched harmonics. I can hear it in the song. I can feel your sexuality. I think I, I feel like standing up and, and, and shouting. I was hoping to get you psyched up. Champions High Football Rules. Dude. Two cheerleaders. We're totally going to kick ass at the game today, dude. 
you're going to run for like at least 100 yards. I'm going to have like 10 catches for, you know. So this, that was uh, a fake band. Who's in that band, Steel Dragon? Uh, Zach Wild was a guitar player. You can tell it's Zach Wild. Um, I don't know who else was in the band. The singer was... Uh, Is Mark Wahlberg singing it? I don't think it's him. I wonder if it's Tim Ripper Owens, who the movie's about. The guy who sang in Judas Priest when Rod Helford left. I don't know if it, I don't know if he actually sings. Uh, on bass was it Rex Brown from Pantera? Or did I just totally make that up? So the premise. I, think I made that up. The premise of the movie Rockstar was based loosely on the Iron Maiden story. The Iron Maiden story. No Judas Priest story. Oh Judas Priest. Oh yeah, he was gay. They kicked him out. They got a new singer. Makes sense. I don't think they kicked him out. I think he just left. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, they could see the. Uh, the parallels in the movie in real, in real life. So here's my story. This morning I woke up. And I woke up in a, a pretty good mood, actually. I was, I was wondering what kind of mood I would wake up in last night. And woke up in a pretty, in pretty good spirit. So I got up and I got dressed in some sort of athletic. I had like Lululemon pants and a Lululemon long shirt. And I put over a, some sort of hoodie and a black cap. I don't know why I'm telling where's, you this. Where's this going? I just want to set the stage. I was all like, like a fitness ninja. A fitness yeah. ninja. I was dressed like a fitness ninja. If you'd like to partake, you have to get a microphone. If you want to partake, you have to take a microphone. <laughs> so I, I was walking down the street, and I got a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And I walked by a few local businesses. And I went to the U Street Cardoza Metro stop. Just because they have a nice little sort of stone wall. And I sat down on that stone wall. I don't know what time it was. Uh, 10.45 a.m. And I was drinking my coffee. And this homeless person wheeled his car by me. And he, he looks down at me. And he goes, hey, do you want a sandwich? <laughs> he asked if I wanted a sandwich. Do I look homeless? Like, I'm sitting on the wall. And this homeless guy offers me a sandwich. I'm like, no, I just started, I laughed out loud. Like, thank you so much, but no, I'm, I'm not hungry. And I couldn't stop laughing. I'm sitting on the corner. Now I'm sitting at the corner by myself laughing. Cars are going by, and I'm by myself sitting on this wall, hysterically laughing. So I do look like a crazy homeless person. But you know what I noticed? Uh, here's a little, uh, I'm going to steal this from Jerry Seinfeld. You don't see any handsome homeless. There's no handsome homeless. All right, Marsha just told a story of how the homeless person uh, gave her a little bit of a confidence boost because uh, she was told, what was the, the quote from the homeless person? I wasn't terrible looking. You weren't terrible looking. And? And then he tried to give me some money. Awesome. So for some reason, when you told that story, this episode of Flight of the Concords came to mind, and the song he wrote for his best friend, Brett, is called Brett. You really got it going on, and it was his attempt to boost Brett's uh, self-esteem. So, Marsha, I'm going to dedicate this song to you from the TV show, Flight of the Concords. It's called Brett. You've got it going on. So, Marsha, you know what? You've got it going on. All right? Hey, Brett. Oh, hi, man. How's it going? <clears throat> Your beard is good. It's just a compliment for you, your beard. Just a compliment about your beard being good. Oh, thank you. And also I have another one here. Um, you're good at finding shortcuts around this part of town. Oh, I appreciate that. Would it be gay to write you a song? 
to cheer you up. No? Would it be gay to write your song, Arthur? It's called Brett, You Got It Going On. Hey there, Brett, I see you looking down. Don't want to see my little buddy there with a frown. Just because I get more women than you, well, that's only because they don't know you like I do. Sure you're weedy and kind of shy, but some girly out there must be needy for a weedy shy guy. They want you as they needle when they're rolling in the hay. Just hear me out when I say, Brett, you got it going on. The ladies will get to know your sexuality when they get to know your personality. I said, bet you got it going on. Not in a gay way, just in a hey, mate. I wanted to say that you're looking okay, mate. Why can't a heterosexual guy tell a heterosexual guy that he thinks his booty is fly? Not all the time, obviously, just when he's got a problem with his self-esteem. Don't let anybody tell you you're not humpable because you're bumpable. Well, I hope this doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. If I say you got a boom out, out, come on, Brett, help me out now. Brett, you got it going on. You got it going on. That's the conclusion that I've come to, but that doesn't mean that I want to bum you. Brett, you got it going on. You got it going on. No doubt about it, we'd be getting crazy if one of us was lucky enough to be born a lady. Oh, if one of us was a lady, and I was your man, if I was your man, we could sometimes get lonely, and I need a woman, and then I imagined you with some bosoms, in fact, one time when we were touring, and I was really lonely, and we were sharing that twin room in the hotel, I put a wig on you, when you were sleeping, I put a wig on you, ooh, ooh, ooh. and I just lay there and spooned you, oh, Brad, you got it going on. So, hopefully that made you feel better. Can I please have a look at the lyrics? This is another one of your weird songs, man. In what way? Where's that bit? Sometimes I put a wig on you when we're on tour. Put a wig on you? No. I didn't say anything like that. But it's definitely a bit gay. What is? Putting a wig on me while I'm asleep. I think sometimes you hear what you want to hear. It wouldn't be gay to put a wig on a man and pretend they're a woman. How could that be gay if you were pretending they're a woman? <laughs> Not that I did it. Thank you, Chad. You're welcome, Marsha. That's the nicest thing. Yeah, it's the ever nicest. Ever. nicest uh, could you put on uh, just a little bit of Too Many Dicks on the Dance Floor? Too Many Dicks on the Dance Floor by uh, the play of the Concords? Yeah. If you have it. Uh, I probably do. Mike, tell us something while I'm looking. All right, uh, too many dicks on the dance floor is basically referring to how you go to a dance club, and there are, you know, there will sometimes be just a handful of females, and it'll be a bunch of dudes standing around trying to infiltrate the girls' little dance circle, and it's just too many dicks on the dance floor, pretty much, and nobody benefits when you have that many dicks. That's not true. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, let's let's hear more. Females will benefit from too many dicks. And I guess and I that's could. That's why I ask literally or figuratively. Too many dicks, meaning too many dudes on the dance floor, then sure, the women benefit. But if they're dicks like, meaning they're just like a bunch of douchebags, then no, nobody benefits. Gotcha. Then I guess, I guess this is a pro female song, then, really. Is this it? This is our feminist song. Yeah. For the podcast. Exactly. Too many dicks on the dance floor by The Flight of the Concords. Too many dicks on the dance floor. Too many dicks on the dance floor. Too many dicks. Too many dicks on the dance floor. Too many dicks. Too many dicks on the dance floor. Too many dicks. Too many dicks on the dance floor. Too many dicks. Too many dicks on
Sneezing their brains out. Yeah, we have a, we have a situation over here. So, Flair of the Concords, you know, that's, we should talk about some of these bands that were really good, but more of on the like Tenacious D, Flair of the Concords, stuff like that was more on the the comedy tip. Yeah, I'm definitely a giant Tenacious D fan. They're really funny. Flair of the Concords, really right funny. Um, so we, uh, you know, Mike's and I. Mike's and my band DC Flow had a couple songs that you may consider on that the the funny tip the, the tip of funny <laughs> because it's not really funny <laughs> it's just on the tip of funny it's not really that funny uh, so the story I came up with I was telling a friend of mine that it's not hard to write a song it's hard to write a good song but it's not that hard in general to write a song so to prove it I put two chords together you know not the, not any chords the two best chords G and E. And the first thing that came to my mind, I don't know why, was Tony Danza. So I put these two chords together and I started singing facts about Tony Danza. And uh, it was really funny at the time. You know, when the mood hits you and you're sitting there, and, uh, you just start laughing. Then you tell the story at brunch to your friends and your friends find it mildly amusing. But then later on in the day, they text you going, oh my God, I can't get that stupid song you're singing on your head. And they and so I went home and I didn't really think about it. And then our next our next gig came our next gig came along and everybody in the audience was start started screaming, Tony Danza, play the Tony Danza song. Now at this point in DC Flow's history, they didn't know anything about the Tony Danza song, so I had to whisper to them, just play G and play E and follow me. It's not that hard, it's two chords. So I played the verse to this song and the crowd went crazy. So that night I went home, or maybe the night after, I went home. And I wrote a verse and then a second, a chorus and then a second verse. And then we ended up spending $1,000 in the studio to record it. (laughs) 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 And this is the song Tony Danza, written before brunch one day. Although I do have to say, I don't know if you have the final mixes on some of these songs. This might be like the... Anyway. This is DC Flow's Tony Danza. In case you're wondering who's doing that who part, that's me. Yep. Danza played a boxer 
Sometimes it can be very unpredictable. For instance, the first time I heard this song, I didn't see I didn't see it coming. Ready? This is I'm trying to do this volume by manual. Oh, this sounds nice, right? It's pleasant. It's nice on the ears. Ronnie James Dio's sensitive side here. Dio. Sounds nice, right, Marsha? Like like a couple rowing a boat. You know? It's a beautiful sunny day. A couple is rowing a boat. They have a picnic basket. And then the clouds roll in. It's very dark. Oh. 
totally different, right? How do we get there from there? It's a little dark. So you see, you get my point there? And do you get it, what I'm trying to say to you? In your face, my mouth? Welcome to Glory Days, a tribute to a time when rock stars took naps. This is probably what Axl Rose napped to. There we go. Songs to nap to. Actually, this song sounds an awful lot like November Rain. Right? Axl stole it. You know, I think we're diving into something important here. You know, we have to dig deep into the rock star psyche. Just, you know, spewing their work doesn't get to the inner workings of a rock star. This is a really good point, Marsh. I'm glad we thought of this. Yes. So we're actually going to dig deep into the rock star psyche. So you can picture Axl Rose after maybe a few gigs in a row. He needs to chill out. He just lays in bed and he throws on some mamas and the papas. He lays down in his bed. Bottle of Jack Daniels to his side. You see there's a ceiling fan. He's got like sheer curtains and they're kind of flapping in the wind. Axel doesn't have a shirt on. He does have cut off jean shorts with combat boots. He's reflecting upon his week's work. Thinking how he could have done it a little better. Being disappointed in himself for not performing the way he feels he can live up to. And he's listening to this song. He has a swig of his Jack Daniels. He stands up and looks in the mirror. He makes some sort of growling bear face. He bangs his chest. He takes a swig of Jack Daniels. He gets pissed off at himself for sucking that week. That's not the reality. He actually kicked ass. He's just so hard on himself. He takes a Jack Daniels bottles and throws it against the wall. In the background, this song's playing. It'll be magic when you hear it back. The way I edit it. So we went out with friends last night, and our friend has that Amazon... Uh, what would you call it? Device. I don't even know what it's called. It's just in your room, and it just when you ever have a, whenever you have a question, you're just like, Amazon. How many people live in Peru? Why is that the first thing I want to know? I don't know, but I don't even understand why people have these sorts of things. Anyways, we were getting ready to leave. Shout out to the fainting goat 
in Washington, D.C. on 14th and U Street. Henry, word up. Anyways. We decided we decided to go to the Fainting Goat. And on the way, we started singing this song out loud in public. Embarrassing one member of our group. The new boyfriend. The new boyfriend. We'll call him Joe. Because that's his name. <laughs> no identities get protected to say the innocent on our podcast. So, Joe, I'd like to apologize for embarrassing you in public at the Fainting Goat. We're going to play it right up until that, that, that spot where we were singing. It's very fun. We should make a drinking game out of this. Here we go. All right, that's the part that we embarrassed Joe with. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Well, that's not the only thing we did repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, we, we repeatedly raided his refrigerator for beer and alcohol. We did that. Thanks, Joe. Marsha, if you're going to pick a song that you think Bon Jovi would nap to, what do you think he naps to? I think Bon Jovi would nap to, like, Frank Sinatra. Because it's Jersey. Really? Well, you don't have to play it. You just asked me what I thought about Bon Jovi. Well, no, remember we're, we're digging. You don't have to play it. Maybe some. We are digging, digging into the psyche of the rock star. If you think. I think that's what Bon Jovi would have to. You don't agree? I think he's Jersey all the way. Maybe not this song. No. Let's see. You make me feel so young. You make me. Not this one. Maybe. Got the world on a string. Think he naps to this song? Sitting on a rainbow. I picture Bon Jovi in a big fluffy white bed. Big fluffy white duvet. And he's in white He's in white linen. For a, a, a four post bed. He's all in white, like white linen, linen white. pajamas. Really? Yeah. I think he naps naked. That's what you think. That's not the reality of this. I'm trying to get Why into do the. Why you say that? Because I'm. I'm, a, I'm a you don't think he naps in the nude? No. Really? You can get a yeast infection that way. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if you sleep nude, you can get a yeast the infection. The rock star is concerned about sleeping in the nude. But all I'm saying, he's a smart guy, and he knows that if you sleep nude, you can get a yeast infection. <laughs> get a yeast infection, sleeping in the nude. I picture Bon Jovi taking a nap, all in white, on a white fluffy bed, <laughs> and he, he closes his eyes and he sleeps. He naps with a smile on his face. <laughs> he's not getting a yeast infection. He's like, <laughs> that's how I picture him. You can't take that image back either. And is he listening to this? What is he listening to? Jim? You told me he's listening to this while well, he naps. I think he's listening to this, but you don't seem to agree with me, so. I hate Bon Jovi. Suddenly? Just now. I just decided it. Got the string around my finger. What a word.
Another good song to nap to. This is a good nap soon. That's what? Too much energy. That's all I just put up. There we go. That's a good nap song. If I were. All right, this is a good nap song, right? Yeah, it's a great nap song. Led Zeppelin's "The Rain" song. This is my nap song. This is Marsha's. This. This is Marsha's nap song. You motherfuckers getting all excited about the new Star Wars coming out? Woo woo. Let's take a nap. It is the springtime of my love. The second season I am to love. You are the sunlight in my growing. So little warmth. I've felt before more. It isn't hard to feel me glow. I watched the fire that grew so low. Number two, Nap Pick. Drain song by Led Zeppelin. We've determined that the number three pick is going to be Shine On You, Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd. It, it builds up very slowly, though. Well, this is a nap song. It's perfect, then. Are you getting sleepy? the ceiling. Deep breath through the nose. Out through the mouth. Nose. Out through the mouth. Let your mind wander. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. 
Let all your stress evaporate from your body. You're on a cliff overlooking the ocean. You are an eagle. You fly through the air. Flying, you're flying so high, soaring as an eagle. Not like an eagle, as an eagle. You open your wings and let the wind take you where it will. Flying and soaring so high. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. I think Ryan has something here. <laughs> you see a lighthouse ahead. Waves crashing into the rocky coast. It's just about dusk, and the light kicks on, circling round and 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 round. I picked the best nap song. Marcia does pick the best nap songs, and round and round and round and round. from the top of the tower the lid opens up and lasers shoot from it <laughs> and this incredible rave sort of light show the lasers catch the mist in the crowd of the clouds it's magnificent the mist of the ocean acts like fog And out flies a purple dinosaur dragon. <laughs> purple. purple. With fuchsia eyes. Riding this monster, there is a woman with long blonde hair dressed in leather. <laughs> Are we at the Renaissance Fair again? Strapped around her back is a battle axe guitar. It's a warlock. Thank everybody who made this podcast possible. You know, like Mike and Marcia and Laura. 
Most of all, I'd like to take this time to thank myself for making all this possible. I hope everybody's enjoying these podcasts. I know they're silly. It's kind of the point, right? Why so serious? Lighten up, everybody. Take a pill. You only live once, YOLO. Thanks for listening. This is Every Mother's Nightmare. Love can make you blind. Keep listening. Tell your friends. Jumpinjackchad.com. Jump in without the G. Download for free. is spinning in circles on a circular stage spinning guitar players playing a Les Paul as well he should be your heart out, Sam Smith. Covering his bosoms. Enough eyeliner to make James's mom jealous. I can see the 
wanted musician ad at the local music store for this band, Every Mother's Nightmare. First line, must have long blonde hair. Must enjoy wearing leather pants and being shirtless on stage. Must not get motion sickness. And when you play your guitar, you play your guitar down low. Contractually. And if you are not well endowed, you agree to the prosthetics. Everybody, Glory Days Episode 7 has come to an end. Peace.